स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन टू इंडिया Embassy Office Parks and Mind Space Business Park REIT. Where do these REITs invest in? How does it generate returns and its taxation? How to assess REITs before investing in them? To answer all these questions, we have with us Sahil Kapoor, Senior Executive Vice President at IIFL Wealth. Let's invite him. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey hello sahil welcome to why not mint money thank you so much for joining us today thank you uh sahil you know reits is uh, relatively a newer asset class in india it is very important to understand the product before one invests in sahil let's start with this where do listed reits in india invest in and how does it fit one's portfolio as an asset class I think you know every investor should look to diversify his portfolio with various asset classes, right? Uh, typically, if you see every investor, you know he'll have access to you know probably gold, uh, real estate, which is where he's living in, or he'll probably have equities and he'll have debt, right? But commercial real estate is an asset class which most investors wouldn't have in their portfolio. Uh, for one simple reason, it is very difficult to buy a commercial real estate. It's difficult to buy a property, a a, a commercial property, right? So some some clients may own offices, but to buy a grade A commercial property is even more difficult, right? So today a REIT, you know, obviously offers you basically uh, access to this asset class in a very investor-friendly manner. How is that? Because simply a REIT is just simply a mutual fund holding commercial or income-generating assets. So today an investor obviously has you know benefits of diversification, has benefits of professional management, liquidity, better taxation. No, similar to a mutual fund, right? All these benefits are also there in a mutual fund. All these benefits come to an investor, wherein he can now hold an income-generating asset class, which he obviously cannot access by himself. Right? Right. That is the first important point. The second important point is a return profile, right? So it, it kind of offers a very unique return profile in in two different ways. It's a very popular asset class globally, right? You know, uh, I think in US, I think 1961. Uh, is when REITs took off, and now they're very popular in in Asia and in and globally, right? So I think a it offers diversification. Secondly, is is the return profile, which is also very attractive because a you have a income coming to you uh, in India, it's around five to six percent. You know, uh, kind of income keeps coming to you, and you have potential for even growth. So you know, if you have to ask me a very thumb rule of how how much how much to expect in a REITs in returns, it's very simple. You should take your yield or your income every year. So let's take for any REIT today; it will be around five and a half to six percent basis their price. So that's something which you will receive every year. And the escalation in rents which they make, which is the growth in their you know payout every year, can can also be added. So that should typically be around five to six percent or four to six percent on a broad level basis. So you can expect ten to twelve percent returns on a pre-tax basis from REITs, right? Which is higher than debt, lower than equity. 
and you know and obviously a very different profile so in times where markets are not doing well you know reits may actually you know uh, give some protection to your portfolio understand and you also mentioned about you know uh, you know it being a hybrid product you know more than uh, debt product and Absolutely. less than the equity so yes. yes i mean it is considered as a hybrid product where one can expect the regular income and uh, uh, one can also expect capital appreciation when it comes to the regular income part sahil so i think uh, if i'm not wrong reits are expected to give at least 90% of their uh, distributable income yes the, so i think no reits so as i mentioned globally reits are a big asset class and there are many kinds of reits okay in india we only currently only have three listed reits and sebi has you know i think you know made the rules very well you know at least for uh, for investors so there are two major rules which sebi has made to safeguard investors and make uh, this, this asset class you know low risk asset class first is that 80% of their properties should be ready properties only 20% can be under development so that obviously you know safeguard investors you know typically you you obviously have regular income and 90% of whatever they earn post expenses has to be given out to investors so rental income minus all the expenses has to go out to investors so that obviously makes it two things it's a it's a low risk asset class because most of the properties are already ready and income generating and most of the income is passed on back to the investors so you know it obviously makes it safer for the investors That's a very brilliant point that you mentioned, Sahil. Because you know there will be execution risks that comes with real estate mainly. So I think uh, yeah. by putting that uh, restriction that you know eighty percent should be uh, completed assets and not uh, under construction, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, uh, coming back to this uh, regular income part, you also mentioned about uh, distribution yield. You know the yield when you yes. when you talked about yeah. regular, <clears throat> you mentioned about yield, which can be comparable uh, to a fixed income product. So let's talk about yeah. this distribution. yield uh, in detail so what are the components that will be included in this distribution yield and how can one compare this to other uh, fixed income products so firstly the number right the number i i think at current prices there's been some correction in reits you know after they touch their heights uh, the yield should be around 5 and 1/2 to 6% right that's the yield okay now this is the cash flow you will receive now this cash flow will come in three components mainly and it's a uh, important to understand the components because the taxation is different for each component so typically they come in three components you know one is interest one is uh, dividends and one is capital repayment so typically a rate will probably give money to spvs as debt which comes back as capital repayment or the interest is taxable in the, in the hands of the investor whereas dividends is mostly tax free and uh, ca- capital is also tax free right now if you compare the three reits in india right we have the embassy reit we have the mine space reit and we have the brookfield reit right now in mine space and in uh, embassy more than 85 to 90% of the income that comes to you is tax free because it's either dividend or it is capital repayment whereas in brookfield uh, around 45% of the income that comes to you is tax free right so for investor okay it's not only important to look at the yield at which is investing but also the nature of the cash flow he is receiving from these reits at least for a uh, retail investor you know uh, for for a mutual fund it's obviously the same thing yeah yeah but it's not guaranteed no sahil i mean uh, if the company has actually uh, in the past given more of a interest and less of a dividend no. interest so, so the structuring not... keeps changing the structuring yeah. keeps changing what what typically happens an spv okay so basically reits have lots of spvs inside right typically spvs can only pay dividend if they make profits spvs right? special purpose vehicles so typically okay. what happens is that a reit takes money and it invest uh, in various commercial properties 
okay these commercial properties are usually held in a company a special company called spvs right that's the way it is so so simply what happens out here is that in in the initial years okay the interest component might be higher and dividend might be lower but as the reits mature the dividend component becomes higher and the interest becomes lower so that's what also happens with embassy you know initially when they started off you know the interest component was higher and the dividend component was lower whereas now it's changed also i think so you know reits have made a conscious effort you know to obviously make it more tax efficient because their investor base is also now changing to hni or retail investors it also depend on what your on what your investor base is your structuring will depend on that understand but uh, how will a retail investor understand what will be the kind of income from a particular reit if they want to so, invest so i think a retail investor should typically look at the annual statement so if you go on to the websites you know of uh, you know the embassy reit or the mind space reit uh, you know typically they give you uh, what is their indication okay even if you hear their investor calls you know they would probably indicate what kind of growth they are expecting and what's the rough ex- expectations of yield you can expect going forward also there is very there is a very important thing you know in the documents of all the reits which is called ntm potential which which simply means today if i you know if I, uh, one property is on lease and i'm getting 60 60 rupees a square feet the market rate is 80 rupees a square feet okay and after my lease expires obviously i will get 80 rupees now because that's the market rate right right, right. So that that's called an ntm potential so typically most reits also give you ntm potential so not only you can know what is your yield going forward but also the growth is also kind of knowable to this parameter so the investor can see both you need to see the yield uh, so typically everyone i think embassy also gives a guidance on what kind of you know your cash flows or you know uh, noi growth they will have over the next uh, couple of years understand so when you say mdm it is mark to market right mark to market potential so typically how low your current rents are compared to the market rents understand understand now when we look at the distribution yield it's not the guaranteed income that one can consider right oh, because the distribution yeah because it could also differ uh, based on the cash flows that the reits generate sure 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 see uh, so anything that is above risk free rate has has risk involved with it uh, but as you mentioned earlier it is a very different risk profile right so obviously for them to pay you that income they need two things to happen the occupancy rate should be high so the offices should be occupied and they should receive rent from the tenants so that that's the two major risk that they have right to, risk, to receive the rental income okay now how they are covered in a way or or i won't say covered but they are of low risk a look at the tenant quality in all the reits that we have right you typically have top mnc's right you have and 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 most of these mnc's are it companies or consulting companies which have non cyclical businesses right they are secular growth stories and plus they are top notch mncs they they will pay their rent secondly the reits that we are dealing with right now which are listed are grade a properties so if there is a slowdown also right you may see the grade b and grade c properties suffering but the grade a will still be occupied so the rest obviously there is a risk this is not guaranteed you know it's depending it you know they have to obviously lease their properties out and receive the rent right for it but it is safer because they are dealing with top tenants and these are grade a properties which will obviously suffer in the end uh before we get into the portfolio part where you mentioned about the you know uh, quality of the tenants and the management and the uh, sectoral or the geographical allocation that they have before we get into that uh, portfolio part i really want to understand one thing here when we talk about the distribution yield itself 
REITs is actually considered an inflation beating asset also sometimes why do they call that uh, you know is it because uh, the rental yields will keep moving up uh, you know why why is it called uh, no, so that's a, that's a great point because you know inflation is the most topical topic uh, nowadays uh but see typically see, when inflation goes higher everything will go higher right right from your rents right uh, will also go higher right so so the two sources of growth okay of your uh, yield are a as you mentioned you know see i think there are three sources of growth sorry the first one is all the existing contracts have escalations built in so typically you know they'll be around 15% of escalation every 3 years so so every existing tenant will pay you more rent Uh, as the years go by secondly okay. as i mentioned mtm potential which means that the market rate is higher than than your current rates right and when the lease expires you will obviously move closer to the market rates so that's one more source of rental rental income increasing and the last source is the 20% or 15% of projects which are underdeveloped once they get okay. developed they will also give rental income so all these three put together should give you a growth of at least 5 or 6% over the long term in your rental income understand so this will be in addition to the distribution yield that i expected at the time of investment absolutely right? yes yes understand yes. but so as know, i mentioned long term returns long term yeah. returns you know i mean not every year but long term returns from the reits are basically the current cash yield you come in plus the growth you expect so you know maybe 6% of yield plus maybe 4 to 6% of growth is your long term return from yields or from reits understand on the other hand if the you know the if the demand for the office spaces is not that great or if the escalation clauses are not kicking in your your two biggest risk are the occupancy rate right so currently the occupancy rate for all the reits are around 90% if they drop right then obviously you will make lower rental income and you know because you know there's maybe work from home and lower demand for office space people may renegotiate their rental incomes and they may come down this may lead to lower yield then current current yields understand tell us ahil what do you do for your uh, hni investors do you you know do you recommend them uh, the regular cash flows that they getting do you recommend them to reinvest or do you recommend them to just take it and just use it for their regular use see i guess you know that is uh, very uh, centric to each client right you know cash flows are used differently for each clients okay. but see, when we are planning cash flows for investors we obviously use reit as a source of the cash flows because it is quite regular and paid every quarter so when we are planning cash flows for investors we do use reits you know uh, as a uh, as an instrument understand and these regular cash flows come every quarterly right yes they are, they are paid every quarterly understand understand now they, coming they to the supposed to pay every 6 months as per rule but you know okay. they get quarterly i think sebi has i think they have to paid every 6 months but you know okay. typically uh, as a market practice it's paid quarterly Okay so for all the reits have actually paid uh, regular incomes on a quarterly basis right? yes yes understand yes. uh sahil now coming to the main part of the you know reits analysis the portfolio the portfolio of what kind of assets that the reits are holding so could you tell us what are the important factors one should look at you already mentioned about the occupancy rate yes it is very important to see uh, how much uh, each asset is being occupied or the average uh, occupancy rate of the whole portfolio of the reit Uh, apart from the occupancy rate what are the other factors one should look at before analyzing to decide to invest in reits i think uh, the first and the most important part is the quality of tenants you know that speaks you know volumes about the quality of the asset 
know because typically an mnc would only only choose the best assets you know uh, you know in the city or in the micro city okay. right so i think the first thing is the quality of the tenants you know you know uh, you know secondly uh, even looking at tenants you should see their business models you know are they very cyclical or they are very secular right so typically it and consulting are pretty secular so you know secular business models and you know maybe mncs or top companies uh, is important so quality of tenants is extremely important uh, firstly so that there'll be no cash the, flow doubt also for the rates yes yes absolutely no i think secondly you know what we should also look at is you know uh, maybe a, a bit more subtle and nuanced but maybe the rents in place right so typically if you are a high grade a property you will be charging higher rents than the market area right so typically that's something which 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 you should also look at you know they mentioned this in their you know news letters what is the average rent in place so that's something also which speaks volume about the, uh, the the property i think secondly in terms of risk what you should also look at is tenants diversification you know not a lot of your money should be going on one tenant so yeah. if, if you are dependent on only on single tenant that that might be difficult so you should look at the concentration of the top 10 tenants how much they owe, how much they contribute to the rent uh that's a good risk factor to look at and lastly i think so geographical diversification you know obviously you 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 prefer a rate which is more geographically diversified than holding a single rate uh, only in one area yeah you know talking about this geographical diversification embassy if you see it's 75 mm. to 80% uh, 60 to 70% is bangalore based and the rest of the 25% yeah. is uh, diversified between mumbai pune and ncr so you know just based on that factor can we completely ignore or avoid the treat or no other... because see i think the number of options in india are quite limited firstly but you know as per me if you probably hold hold both the reads right say if you have embassy and mind space both in your portfolio okay. then on an overall basis you have exposure to bangalore mumbai hyderabad pune you know so i think it's well covered if you own both of them together as per understand understand you should look you should look to own both and if you own both i think so then you know, you're very well diversified across the country understand and now because only there are limited uh, listed reads also and also limited opportunities in yes. india for the office spaces yes understand. and and see yeah, i think the biggest opportunity for india right i mean the biggest opportunity for read right is basically the it sector right so you know 40 to 50% of reads are actually the tenants are you know it sector is it is the it sector right the sector is expected to double you know its revenue and its employment in the, in the next 3 years right so i mean if you want to play that you know space this is probably the a very low risk way of playing it okay okay when it comes to capital appreciation from the reed sahil uh, you know we, it is also important at what price you are entering or buying the share in the last 2 <laughs> years reeds have given decent returns on its uh, share prices it have so do you still think that you know it's uh, they're offering good value at this point of time for investors so you know i'll go back to my you know first simple calculation you know as per me the returns from a reed right will be the current cash yield which is say around 5 and a half 6% plus the growth i expect which is from 4 to 6% so around 12% of returns i can expect from a reed right now when the interest rates in india were at 5 to 6% this was a supremely attractive asset class right because you know i'm 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 comparing this returns to what i'm getting in in a risk free debt instrument which is at say 5 yeah. and a half 6% or an fd right yeah. so this was a very very attractive asset class we mm. were uh, you know very we were gung ho about this asset class and we were over over with this asset class so now rates are obviously at 6 7 8% 
right whereas REITs are still at 10-12% so the attractiveness has come down a bit but obviously we still hold the asset class because it offers lots of benefits as I explained earlier but they are obviously less attractive compared to they were maybe two years back so I think the expectation of investors going ahead should be toned down compared to what's happened over the last two years okay okay and I think in the last, uh, from the rate of listing, I think uh, these uh, REITs have given about uh, 17 to 18% CAGR yeah, and yeah, they may yeah. not be able to expect the similar kind of returns yes. going ahead. But at the least in the range caveat, of 10%. The only, the only caveat is that, so so you know, so we, are, we have two, two major forces for REITs, right? One, as I mentioned, is the strong IT hiring, right? Which is very positive for REITs, right. okay? And on the other hand, we have this work from home trend. So if you see the analysis, even in US and in India, only 40% of the staff has come back to work on a regular basis, right? So we have these two conflicting forces. One is good for REITs, one is not so good for REITs, right? If the work from home is not real and people come back to office, then I think you can expect the same returns as as you got over the last two years, right? Because the IT hiring is very strong and the demand will be very strong for office properties. Right, but if the work from home trend is real, then I think you should have much more muted expectation of returns going ahead. Understand? You know, every asset comes with their own risks and uh, rewards. Uh, we talked about rewards a lot. Let's talk about risks a bit, Sahil. So, what are the key risks you know one can have by investing in REITs? See, as, as I mentioned, the, the key risk that one can have in mentioning REITs is A, that, you know, obviously, uh, occupancy rate goes down. So typically, say there's a downturn in the economy, right? And and obviously, people are there. there and uh, when, when the economy goes to a downturn, uh, there is less employment. People are fired. If people are fired, you have lesser demand for office space, right? And and hence, th- there will be no growth, right? The, the occupancy rates will come down. You know, when you go through a downturn, also people want to cut cost. So they obviously want to move to smaller offices or renegotiate their rents uh, further uh, downwards. So that may also you know lead to lower rental income and lower yields on rates. The second risk is also of interest rates, right? Today, you know, if I'm getting you know around seven, seven and a half percent to own debt funds. Today, if that moves to eight and a half, nine, ten percent, you know, I may just want to hold the debt funds and not hold REITs. Because, you know, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the yield from a REIT is not uh, risk-free, right? It, it's, it's got a number of factors right. along with it. So, increasing interest rate is one big risk uh, for REITs. Uh, second is obviously, as I mentioned, the work-from-home culture and uh, an economic slowdown. These are the two big factors as per me, uh, which would uh, impact REITs. Sure. I think this is one question might every every listener want to may want to know. So, what is the best treat as of now uh, as per you, Sahil? I don't know if your regulatory <laughs> compliances will allow you to say about that. Uh, so, I don't know. But as yeah. I mentioned earlier, like you know, uh, you know, as you as you mentioned earlier, you know, I think both uh, there, there are three REITs in the markets. But you yeah. know, given that you know, uh, for every uh, HNI or for every individual investor, the post-tax returns matters. You know, I will choose the two REITs which are obviously more tax efficient, uh, uh, which is the Embassy REIT and the Mindspace REIT, right? Also, if it, when you combine both these REITs, typically you have good geographical diversification also. So, I think those would be my two picks, honestly. Great. Thank you so much, Sahil. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks. Thanks so much, Sahil. Thanks. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is 
at Satya Sontanam. S A T Y A S O N T A N A M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.